You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today's episode, we are going to go in the vault and bring back an episode that I recorded about over three years ago. It was actually episode two of the podcast because I've been getting this question a lot over the last few weeks and I think that instead of reinventing the wheel, I've already delivered a podcast episode and I want to bring it to light. For those of you that may have missed it, um, I mean, I've, I've, we've recorded what over 180 episodes now, and you might not get to listen to all of them. So, you know, in, in a time like this, I think it's better to just bring it back to the forefront, so everyone has the tools ready to solve their issue. And this is a simple one. This is what is a simple strategy you can do right now to help your team better prepare for tournaments or, and, and matches. How do you approach that? And I've, I've had episodes in the past where I've talked about this, but this is a one simple thing you can do. And it's a and I and I framed it in a way where it's easier for younger teams like high school and club teams to be able to execute a strategy like this because this is something that I do with my high school teams and it works. So I can't wait to uh, bring this episode back to you guys and so you can take all the you know all the takeaways away and apply it to your team. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 181 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. We are now, we've now finished uh, the first half of our season. Um, and I am excited for a nice break for the holidays before we get ramped back up for the second half of our season. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. And for those of you that are regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in where the goal of every episode is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategies that you can apply to your team uh, and, and get better and, learn, and uh, you know and win and see results right away. And today, like I mentioned in the intro, uh, I'm not reinventing the wheel today. I've been getting a lot of questions about match preparation. Not okay, not necessarily match preparation, but just what is a simple thing? What is a simple strategy that you can use with your team um, at tournaments? I got the, I got a lot at tournaments. What is a simple strategy you can use with your team at tournaments to help better prepare and get your players in the right mindset to go into battle with your opponents? Because at a tournament, you're playing, you know, two or three pool play games, then playoffs. So how do you focus on each game to maximize any kind of match prep that you can do for each game when you're playing so many games at once? You know, at the college level, we we have to match prep for one game, uh, maybe two games a week. You guys are uh, for the high school and club coaches. You're you're match prepping for you know four or five games in a tournament, and it's a little different. It's a little tough, but I do have a system in place. I do it with my with my younger teams all the time, and it works. So I want to go back into the vault and play this episode for you guys, so that you can get some some ideas on how you can have better. Help your team prepare for all your upcoming uh, matches in tournaments, as well as you know if you have regular high school or college matches too. This 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 will apply to that as well. But anyways, I'm gonna go back in the vault. This is episode two. I did this back in 2020. Hope you enjoy it. Um, and if you have any questions, as always, don't hesitate to reach out via Instagram. Message me um, on the website online. You can find me. 
Uh, digitalvolleyballacademy.com is a great place to go and, and reach out to me as well if you don't have Instagram. All right, enjoy the episode, and I will see you guys later. Take care. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for joining in on episode two of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Uh, we have a good one for you today. Today, I'm going to talk about one simple strategy that you can use to not only help your mindset and your confidence on the court, um, but really help your strategy and how you approach a game. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory. So when we, at uh, on my team, so myself and my staff, when we approach a game, every game is an event. Every game is a project. And every project has processes that have to happen, right? Just like just like any job, you know, if, you, if you're trying to you know, build something, let's try, you're trying to build a chair. Well, you're going to have schematics, you're going to plan out, you know, where you want to put that chair, the room you need to uh, work to build that chair, the materials you're going to need, then you're going to go through actually building it. Um, and then after you build the chair, you're going to take a step back and look, okay, did, did you tighten everything right? Did you put everything where it's supposed to be? Is this the right place for the chair? So there's a process. Well, guess what? Volleyball is the exact same thing. We have a process that we need to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to, before I get into the process I use at the college level, I want any club coach or player listening to this, I want you to understand that it can be done at the high school elementary level as well. The level of uh, processes will be a little bit different, but the philosophy is the exact same. So let's say you're a club or high school player, coach, etc., and you're trying to uh, get in, you know, you're trying to get ready for a game. Um, well, here's what you do. Now, I talked about everything being a project, and I, and I did mention at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to teach you one simple strategy that's going to help you solve all these problems. Well, the strategy is by being prepared. Now, you may say, wait a minute, I, wait, I, I listened to this for a couple minutes, and the strategy is being prepared. Well, I want to explain what I mean by being prepared, because that, if you understand what it truly means to be prepared for a match, then your confidence, your mental game, everything will be so much better off for you. So stay with me. So at the club or high school level, let's say that you have a, let's say tournaments, because that's very popular at, at, the, at that level, especially clubs, right? You're always, you're not playing in a league, you're playing in tournaments. So if you're at a tournament, how can you prepare before a match? Well, I'll tell you. You go to that tournament early, Okay, you already know the schedule of the tournament. You already know who's going to be in your pool, and you kind of have an ideal how your how the vision of the day is going to go out, right? You could you can map out a little bit of who you expect to see in the playoffs as the day goes on, and and you know you already know the teams you're going to play against. So, if you already have film on this team you're going to play against, now at, at club that could be a possibility, and in high school that could be a possibility because chances are you may have played them already throughout the year. So if you have film, the best thing you can do is have a pregame film session. And that is that could be done before the tournament, um, especially if you know the teams that are in your pool, where you do something very simple. You chart their serve location. That's a simple strategy you can use. So in the film, you go through it, and the six players that are on the court, you chart exactly where they serve. Now think about it, passing and serving are the most important skills of our game, you know, arguably, right? If you were to know the tendency of that server before you play them, how more effective do you think you'd be on the court when it comes to passing? Because you take the element of surprise away to a certain degree. 
And that's just simple as charting where the server likes to serve. Every server has tendencies. All right, now later in the game, they may change various tendencies depending on maybe there's a weaker passer on the court, etc. But every server has tendencies. So just by charting, really, you can use, use it on your phone. Just take a picture of a volleyball court and draw lines on your phone of where that server likes to go. And you could do that, create a little template of all the you know top servers and give that to your team. And right there, they can identify where the best servers are or who the best servers are rather and where they like to serve. Now I would do this as a group. So your team should be doing this together and charting the serves. Uh, and that way that's one simple tactic you can use to gain a competitive advantage. Also, not only does it help you win, but it helps your mental game because when a good server goes up, if you had not done this and a good server was to come up and get an ace without, you're like, wow, that was a good serve. Right, that would throw you a little bit more off and now you have to adapt and change to make sure that you make a better pass next time. Now you have an advantage because you already know what that server is gonna do. That gives you tremendous value. Um, so let's say that, for example, you don't have film, right? You don't have film and for whatever reason, um, you can't get film. Well, what you do is you go to the gym early and you see them play before you play them or even uh, whatever, whenever you're off in a tournament, go and watch teams that are currently playing that you know or think you're going to play against next. And we've done that. Like when I coached high school girls this year, um, this is something we did where when we knew we were going to play a team the next day, so I had all my girls go and sit down and watch that team play. And we assigned each, well, the captain did this, but she assigned a player for that particular, a player for one of the girls to watch, and they would chart two things. They would chart serve receive and they would chart uh, hitting tendencies. Two things. So where does that one player like to serve and where does that one player like to hit? That's it. And every player was responsible for charting one player. Now we had 12 girls on the team, six girls were probably playing. So two girls doubled up. One girl could take serve, serve receive, one girl could take hitting. You can do it however you want to do it. And what we found was, well, I, I knew this, but what they found was is that Yes, they're paying attention to one player, but what they're really doing is paying attention to the entire game as a whole and really dialing in on what that team likes to do. Because if you focus on one objective, you're going to absolutely get the value out of that one objective. But as a byproduct of that one objective, you're seeing what the, uh, the entire team is doing as, as well. And that gives you tremendous value because without even realizing it, when you play them, you already know so much about that team without even playing them yet that that gives you extra confidence on the court. So after everyone charts um, the serving and the hitting and stuff like that, we go back and we have a debrief of what we just noticed. And all the girls will say straight up, yo, number six, best server on their team. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah she's great. Well, what does she like to do? Well, boom, here's the number six serving chart. Well, this is where she likes to serve. And then we notice another good server and another good server. And normally every team has, you know, two or three top servers. And that's something that you want to put an emphasis on. And then we'll notice, well, where do, who, who are the best players in terms of hitting? And where do they like to hit? All right, there's another competitive advantage that we have. So all of this little, all these, these little pieces, and it's very simple. I'm not complicating an entire scouting report based on a little bit of uh, a game we saw. I'm focusing on two aspects, serving and passing, right? Which is where the serving uh, chart comes in and then hitting, which times into, you know, dials into defense and blocking. And then after we do the debrief, we, we make notes. We, we, have, we have our team objectives. Okay, 
So after having the conversation, after going over everyone's notes, we know that, you know, number six, number two, and number five are the best servers. This is where they like to serve. So let's make sure we're aware of it when they come on the court. And, you know, also the best players are these players. This is where they like to hit. And you'll find that normally the best servers are also the best players too, ironically. And that is something as simple as doing that in the middle of a tournament. And it'll be even better if you have, if you have film on them that you could do before the game. Um, and when you have simple objectives, right? So now think about it. We're now at the end of this, we're giving them simple objectives. So making sure we pay attention to two or three players and you know, knowing what they're doing and so forth. It gives them actionable items they can go back and do now. It's not complicated because it's very simple. It's two or three people. And now we have actionable items that we can go into the game and do. Not only does it help the players on the court, but the players that are off the court are engaged as well because when they know that number you know, five or six goes up to serve, they can be like, hey, you know, number six is serving. Watch that five, six seam. And that's, a, that's another verbal cue, mental trigger that the players on the court now can be like, yes. Not only do I remember number six, my teammates are now reaffirming that. And we go in and we can now, now we're more prepared playing that type of player. Very simple, very actionable, really easy to do. So what did we learn by this? One, being prepared uh, definitely helps you and puts you in a better position to win and to be confident while you're on the court. And two, your whole team strategy ends up being so much better because we are now able to execute a game plan, a very simple game plan, but it's a game plan and it's a game plan that has value to it. So now, now we're not done there. So after the game's over, we do a post analysis, right? This, this is like our post um, comparison or whatever you want to call it. We then say, well, what worked and what didn't? Well, did we notice that number six served the exact same seam as we thought? Yes. Were you ready? Yes. Could we stop it? Sure. Could we not stop it? Why? Right? So we, ha we ask these questions and we do a little post analysis. So the girls or guys or whoever, whatever your team is, can now have some reassurance. And now they have more of a better picture of what to do the next time they play that team or what they need to work on in practice to make sure they're ready for the next time they play that team or any team for that matter. So do you see how everything is an event? It's a project. It has a series of processes that have to be put in place. And this is a simple example of what you can do at the club high school level. We haven't even gotten to the college level yet um, of what you can do to, to be better prepared. Uh, so I think I think we're I don't think I missed anything for club and college, but um, you, you, you can do post film, you can do during the tournament and you can do everything like that as well. And oh, one thing I'll add too is um, the girls after they they took their notes on their phone, they shared it in a group chat where the girls got a chance to take a look at all the notes and just get a chance to look at it before we talked about it uh, before the match. Right. In our in our pregame. So, again, all this information is being readily available very easily and it's valuable it's extremely valuable to our team success all right so that's a very simple strategy you can use at the club and high school level now let's go a little bit more advanced now by the way the college level systems you can definitely still apply at the club level the, the question is whether you have the resources or um, you have the tools that can do that okay so bear with me so at the college level here's a little bit of um insight to, to how we do it well again everything's a project so we like to give our team a scouting report 24 hours before the match, right? In theory, sometimes, sometimes it could be earlier, sometimes it might be a little later, but that's, that's what we like to do. So the scouting report consists of us looking at game, looking at the team we're going to play prior to playing them. So we'll watch maybe a previous match. And um, my assistant coaches, uh, or myself, depending on who's doing it, but normally the assistant coaches tend to do this, 
they will do a couple of things. They'll, they will chart the setter tendencies. So the setter, the, you know, what, the, and a setter tendencies based on rotation. So in rotation one, on in-system balls only, you know, where did the setter like to set? And then we'll do that for all the rotations. So we have a little, you know, six courts. So think about a picture of six volleyball courts. Each volleyball court represents a rotation. And then we have setter tendencies out of that rotation. All right, setter tendencies are huge um, because you'll notice that maybe in rotation five, the setter really likes this option. So we know in the back of our head when the setter is in rotation five, there's, there's a good probability that they're going to go to like, let's say the left side, for example. All right, so that's a simple tactic, tactical um, strategy you can use. So that's the setter chart. Then we do uh, the, the hitting chart as well. So we'll do like the top three hitters of the team where they like to hit. And then we'll do team tendencies. So this is all given to our players prior to, to the match. They're also expected to look at film prior to the match as well. And they take their own notes. And they can add their notes into the scouting report that we give them. Um, then we have pre-game film session. So we'll look at film together before the game. This could be you know, 24 hours before the game. This could be a couple hours before the game, whatever the case is. And that is where we look at serving tendencies. So that's where we would chart the servers um, and we'll see where they like to serve, like the 6-5 seam, basically exactly what I talked about earlier. But the key is, is that when we're doing this as a team, the players should have already done this. So that's this is the only piece we don't give the players in the scouting report. We don't give them the serving tendencies because we want them to be responsible for going and look at it, uh, looking at it themselves. So that when we do it pre-game, they're going to come in with already knowledge based on that. We're going to come in. We've already looked at this serving tendency, and now we get to talk about it as a team and see what it looks like on film. So when we do our pregame film session, that's what it looks like. So we'll talk about the setter tendencies and all that other stuff, but a big aspect of our pregame film session will go into serving tendencies. So we know what to expect when the other team is serving. Okay. Then after that, um, we break off and you know I may talk to the setter a little bit one on one. The my assistant coaches will be responsible for talking to like, you know, liberos, passers, middles, etc. Uh I, and we just kind of dial in a little bit more focused on them. Then they go off to their own pre they do their own pregame. So they go and they get taped up and, you know, therapy and all that stuff. Um and then we'll do a little pregame talk before we enter the court. Okay, so it's a series of things that happen. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot about practice. So before the match we will also have a practice where we focus on things uh, that we need to do in order to win the next match. So if we know a team has a team's weak in the middle, you know, maybe we'll focus on running a couple uh, specific middle plays to, to you know, break down their defense or whatever the case is like. Whatever we know the other team is going to do to us, we'll make sure we try to replicate that in practice. So we have a specific practice that's focused on playing that other team as well. All right. So we talked about the scouting report. We talked about uh, the, the practice, the pregame practice, I guess you want to call it. We talked about the pregame film session. Um, then we go in and we actually execute the game plan. All right, we'll have our game plan and so forth and we do it. And we'll, we'll see how well it goes. And then at the end of it, uh, I sit back and we have a, a debrief with the coaches about what, what, what went well, what went Poorly, we look at you know some some stats that I look at. I mentioned earlier uh, in one of my Instagram posts. I love looking at the the side out percentage based on rotation because that really helps understanding you know what rotation we're weaker in, so we can focus on in practice. That's just one of a couple of stats that I look at. And then we talk to the team about a debrief, and then we debrief. Okay, scouting report. Oh, well, we talk about the game in general, and then we we go into like okay, you know, 
this is kind of what we did, what we didn't do, what what, what can we do moving forward? Uh, but it, but the it, it's very brief. It's not a it's not a long one. Post games aren't meant to be long. Listen, the guys are the guys or girls are tired. They just had a tough battle. You don't want to give them too much information because it doesn't serve anybody any good. And um, you just kind of give them quick bullet points of what you what you know what you saw, what you noticed, and what we can focus on in practice. And then in practice, that's when we can kind of do a little bit more of a of a debrief of the game before. All right. So it's an event, it's a project, and the project has processes that we have to go by. But the whole message of this entire episode is that being prepared, see all this level of preparedness, will significantly help you on the court based you know, for your mental game, for your confidence, etc. Because you, if you know the tendencies of the other team, that, and you know when that server goes up to serve where they're likely going to serve, you can be prepared for that and you can go on and you put yourself in a better position to pass that ball. And if they do beat you, like let's say the server's really good, he gets that ace, you're gonna, you won't feel as deflated because it's almost as in you knew he, that's exactly what he was gonna do. You just, unfortunately, didn't stop at that time. But guess what? The next time he serves, you, you know exactly what he's gonna do and you'll be able to hopefully pass that ball, right? You already, you have control of what you're capable of doing. Now, if the player is significantly better than you, let's say like let's say we're talking about attacking, you know, you have a 6-10 left side who's jumping through the roof and you're a 6-foot blocker, then unfortunately, they're probably going to have a an advantage on you and probably going to score. But you can you can do things to minimize their ability to score, like take them out of system, for example, so the left side doesn't have the ability to run in system and go on top of you. Maybe you have a different blocking system. But the fact is, you'll know what they're going to do, so you'll be prepared for it. The, the biggest co- mistake I see young coaches make, and young players as well, is not treating a match as an event or as a project and not putting in the processes in order to make that event success, like successful for your team. Right? And that, that's what you got to start getting into the habit of, of thinking. And the minute you start thinking of it this way, your planning and preparation will be even better. Your team will be even better prepared. Your, your team will be more confident, right? And your results should increase. They should. Because the focus is there. There's a much better focus on what the objective is. And that's to ultimately win the game by doing X, Y, and Z. And let's say, for example, that you are prepared, you do everything right, and they still beat you. Well, let's figure out why. And we can dissect that in the, in the debrief. And that will, and maybe they're just better skilled. Well, we're gonna have to work on our skills. We gotta work on what we gotta work on. And it just, it provides a better vision for your team. It provides more clarity for the players and the coaches. Um, And it just really is a better way of looking at a match and going into it. And I think this way you'll find a lot more success um, by approaching the game this way. All right. So this is my tip for you in terms of improving your confidence and mental game as well as improving your strategy uh, when approaching a particular match. And like you heard, whether you're a club or high school level or college level, it doesn't matter. There's a process in place for you that you can use to make sure you put yourself in a better position to win. All right. That's it for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it valuable. Listen, if you're listening to this um, right now in June or July, rather, I am holding a contest. And really, my goal on this podcast is to really educate and share as much knowledge as I can with everyone around the world. Um, And in order for me to do that, I need to reach more people, which means people need to know this podcast exists. So what I want you to do 
is I want you to go on Instagram. I want you, first of all, no, I want you to rate and review this podcast. I mean, if you liked it, five-star rating is always uh, appreciated. Um, rate and review the podcast. So not just give me a five stars, but also review, you know, give me like a little sentence or two of, of, about the, of what you like about the podcast and so forth. And then I want you to take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram and tag me. So tag me at coach B or sorry, at Brian Singh underscore coach B. Um, and then use the hashtag volleyball by design. Okay. So rate review, screenshot, put it on IG, tag me in it at coach Brian Singh Sorry, at Brian Singh underscore Coach B, and then hashtag volleyball by design. And then you'll be entered to win a one on one strategy call with myself where I'll dive in and talk anything volleyball or vertical jump related. Basically, I will help you solve whatever problem you have. And um, I, I don't really do one on one calls anymore. I do it random, but you can get me on the phone or on Zoom rather uh, for that call. All right. So do that for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. And last thing is make sure you subscribe so you're up to date with all the episodes that when they come out, when they're released, ideally we try to do one a week. We could do more than that, uh, but the only way you'll know is if you subscribe so you get that uh, notification uh, instantly. All right. I hope you have a great day and thanks again for tuning in to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.